Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Time to welcome Noah Wolfe, who was 16 and at the end of year 12 when he found out he was going to become a father. Too scared to tell his parents and some of his friends, he bottled up the news, fearing the stigma associated with being a teen parent. His baby daughter arrived and Noah finally told his family, who supported him, as did the family of his girlfriend. Well, Noah went on to become head boy of Artea College in his final year. He started a social enterprise and is now working for the youth organisation Inspiring Stories, speaking to schools around the country and to leadership conventions about his journey into fatherhood. Along the way, as his story became public and got a lot of sharing online and in social media, he also learned a thing or two about some of the stereotypes that can be directed the way of teen parents. Noah's daughter's now three. He's with me in the Wellington studio. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks she for having gorgeous. me. Yes, 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 definitely is. And three's a really interesting age yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, finally out, out of the terrible two, twos, they call it. So now um, she's just talking so much. She's growing up a proper small little human now um, and just blows me away every day. Let's go back to where you began, though, because this is the story that has struck a chord. And at the time you found out your girlfriend was pregnant, you were about to become a dad. I mean, is it just, is it just like oh, the brain explosion? Yeah, exactly. I, I think at whatever age you are, if you're 16, 25, 30 or 40, becoming a parent is probably one of the biggest challenges that life could ever throw at a person. And when you're almost 17 years old and you're gunning towards a leadership position at school, and there's also a really, really bad stereotype around teen pregnancy. I had so many crazy thoughts running through my head um, of what other people might think of me, of what I might even think of myself, because back then, um, the way I saw a teen dad was somebody who sat um, in their couch and just ate Doritos, watching Netflix all day, and I was really scared I was going to fall into that stereotype. What was the thought process or the thought processes? You kept it to yourself for a while, and this is something else not uncommon when A, a hard problem presents itself and, and B, when you're a teenager. If yeah. I just don't do anything, maybe it'll just go away. Yeah. And, and was that some of it? Was it simply not knowing what to do? It was almost a paralysis. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I think, because I did hide this from my parents for a very, very long time, um, which was really, really hard on myself and obviously them as well. But all of my close friends who I spoke to, they, they have been so, so supportive but nobody said congratulations to me. So this was just so completely negative in many ways around my life when I was going through this. Because um, all my friends I'll go speak to and I'd say, hey guys, I'm going to become a parent. Kind of, their, their first reaction is kind of freaking out and like, oh my God, what are you going to do with your life? So that made me think exactly the same too. How did you keep it? I mean, this is the age of social media. I know. You're, you're of a generation where nothing is not, 
known by everybody. Yep. And, and Well, actually, that's not true, isn't it? It's, it's funny. It's some of this personal stuff, the most important stuff that does get kept and particularly maybe kept from parents. Mm. And was there just like kind of a code that even though your mates might be talking, might know this stuff and might talk among themselves, people agreed basically to keep it from your folks? I guess so. Like it's a really, it was a really, really big situation to be in so I think people really did appreciate yeah. that in many ways but to this day I still don't know how it didn't kind of filter to my parents eventually and it wasn't to the point I actually had to tell them about that but did you almost hope it would happen <laughs> yeah I, I yeah. oh yes and no yeah yes and you just no. didn't want that you just didn't want to deal with yeah that. yeah and I think a big thing for me was just not wanting to be a failure to my parents because mm. I do love them so much and I was really scared that their perspective on me would change and their, their view on me would change too, which I found out later that definitely wasn't the case. I just kind of built this up all internally in my head how negative this situation would really be. So when that moment came, how did it come and how was it handled? Yeah, so I planned to write a letter. That was my, my plan from when I heard the news initially. I was like, cool, I'm going to write a letter to my parents put it in the letterbox and run away for a bit because I was, I was so scared I just didn't have the courage to speak to them face to face but at the time um, I gained that head boy position at my school so obviously the school was aware of my um, situation and they joined me up for a really awesome counsellor um, this lady called Nicole and she really helped me with the transition to tell my parents and I remember her talking to me and she said Noah it's like you're standing on top of a diving board and the longer you're up there the scarier and the harder the fall is going to be and I think many, many more people can also relate to that feeling. If that's bungee jumping and standing up at a really high height for too long, you start to overthink it and it becomes a lot more intense than it really should be. And at this point, Carla was about two and a half months old. So I saved up to buy my first car so I could visit her after school. And to make things a bit more complex, my mum had also had my baby brother two days before Carla was born. So a lot, a, a lot of different moving pieces. But when my counsellor said that to me, I was like, you're standing on top of a diving board. I just gave my mum a text and I was like, mum, got, I've got to come home and I've got to tell you some really big news. So I drove home uh, one time at lunchtime from school and I kind of popped the big statement saying that I was a father. And initially she thought that I was coming out being gay. Um, <laughs> which I just was quite there'd funny. be all sorts of things running through yeah. my mind with that text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She <laughs> yeah. looked me dead in the eyes. She said, yeah. I, know, I know why you've been acting a bit strange yeah. lately. Is it because you like boys? And I was like, no, mum, it's almost quite the opposite. Um, and I told her the, the situation I was in, and she just showed me that if you stand up with your head held high, nobody can judge you, and that life's a blessing, and nobody should be able to take that away from you either. So you'd already had. Your baby before you told before you told your mum. Yes, yeah, so okay. at that time, yeah. Carla was about yeah. two and a half months old. What's happening? What was happening with with your girlfriend's family the, with Carla's mum as well? Because this is the other thing, you know. How was that dynamic mm, working? Mm. They were like they've been hats off to that family for sure. Um, they have supported me so much, and they just said, "Look, this is your this is your thing to deal with." And so, the school did too, which is interesting. And the school did too, because there's so much discussion around. The privacy rights of young students, both their human right to privacy, but mm. also what is safe in mm. dealing with a whole lot of situations they might be in. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting, isn't it? Like, what what would your comment be on on schools and counsellors and 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 where that 
situation sits between do parents have a right to know or should they know and is it part of a safe issue that they know yeah. and actually letting a young person do what they need to do. Yeah, I think because um, that was communicated with me quite early on with my counsellor. They said this is all completely confidential it's between yeah. you and me, Noah. That's what Nicole said to me. Um, but she also explained and described if whatever situation or circumstances you are in, if it's going to cause harm to yourself or somebody else, yeah. that's when somebody else has to step in. When did you first see your baby and what was that moment like? Oh, it was crazy. So my baby brother was obviously born um, on the Friday night at Wellington Hospital. So I saw my mum after her birth and a whole family around her and just celebrating. Um, it's just surreal. Yeah, it's a crazy <laughs> it's story. Surreal. And celebrating the life of my little baby yeah, brother, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. And then two days later on the Sunday, I was working my part-time job at New World stacking Granny Smith apples. And I got a text saying that Kyla was about to be born. Um, and I texted a group of my really, really close friends, um, Taryn and Tyler. And they were on their learner licenses at the time. So they picked me up really late on the Sunday night. And we drove into Wellington and I held Kyla for the first time. And it was, I'm sure lots of other parents can, can definitely relate. It's one of those memories and moments that will stay in your life forever. And it just made the whole situation so much more real for me. And it, I, I also understood that my family wasn't there. And that was really hard for me. It was just myself holding my little baby girl. Um, and my parents weren't there to witness or experience that, which I'm, I'm pretty disappointed in myself for that personally. Um, but I'd go to school the next morning. I got home at about 5 a.m. And I didn't say a word to anybody. This is a lot of stress. Yeah. And now also with the birth, quite extreme emotion going on. Yeah. And did you just carry it? Did you just keep on doing what you I, had to do? I just bottled it up internally. Um, really, I was listening to lots of music at the time. I was writing and just trying to put on a really strong face to be present in my classes, not let my mind drift too much, but also thinking, what else am I going to do? Because I am a father now. Um and where is my direction, my career pathway, and all of that? I just had so many different crazy thoughts running through my head. Did that change the moment you held your daughter? Like before that, had it just been a problem to solve? Yes. And now that there was a little person here? Yes, a little human. It was a whole different set of issues. Yeah, for sure, for sure, definitely. Um, it just put things into perspective so much more. It made it so much more real. So having broached this with your mum... Does this get things on track with the sort of support you needed? Um, yes, definitely, definitely. So I told my mum, and then um, my mum said, cool, awesome, we're going to go see Kyla straight away. So we drove up, and my mum held Kyla and almost exploded with happiness. Um, and then we also told my dad, and obviously it's it's a big shock for a family if I hid this. And I, it's not like I'm becoming a father. I was a father at that point. So it was kind of just like, Boom, you're a granddad and you're a grandma. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the club. Um, but in terms of my family, the support there from both my my mum and my dad has been absolutely incredible. And they've taught me some really, really awesome ropes around parenthood um, and just some good learnings along the way. You had to get into that headspace, obviously, as you went along. What was the, what was the experience the, 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 that you can share? As you say, this is shared by any new parent, but particularly for someone who is young and is where, you, where you're at in life, like getting your schooling done, and as mm-hmm. you say, what are my decisions going to be mm-hmm. now? 
what was that? What was that early experience of parenting like, and and how did how did you make that dynamic work in the situation you yeah. were both in? Um, it, it was really really tough, um, in, in in a lot of ways, as I'm sure it is for every parent starting out. You don't get a manual or like a script or a handbook when you become a parent. You've got to find your own style of parenting as you go, and understand what is right from what is wrong in many ways. Um, so I think it's just a massive, a massive, massive learning journey. Were you guys living together in the same house, or were um, you? No, you were, no okay. We so that's something else as well, isn't yes. it? Is working out the shared care and the yep. shared responsibility, and also you don't have that other person all the time to just hand over mm, to. But mm. I presume there was a lot of family support. A lot, a lot of family support. Yeah. A lot of family support. So if it was a bad night, a long night, someone not sleeping, you not sleeping, there was this, there was someone there to to talk Definitely. to or to hand over to to do the shifts, the night shift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what were what were the moments, especially in those early days? Like, do you have some standout memories of thinking, "I can't understand why this baby won't stop crying, and I don't know what else I'm gonna like." Like those moments again that every parent had, are there some that st- mm. stand out like mm. that? Um, not necessarily any standouts. Um, I'm really lucky that Kyla is such a fantastic sleeper. She's mm. almost like a little teenager in that sense, but she's got her own little awesome bossy attitude to go with it, which is really really cool. Well, that's something else as you move through the, the phases of parenting as, as well. At what point did this become public? Because this is really at the heart of what you're doing now, I think, which is to change the way people view and therefore sometimes behave and do or don't support younger parents. Definitely. So when you started talking publicly about this, what happened? Yeah, great question. Um, I, I think I think more or less just I'm, I'm, what, I, what I really, really try to do is one – help more young parents kind of break out of the stereotype, but also anybody else who is kind of battling a stereotype in their head too. If that's their their ethnicity, their background, where they come from, what they look like, the hobbies they're into. Um, I just think so many times young people in particular can be really marginalised and put into a box and be and be really limited from that, from unleashing their potential. What what happened to you? What was the social media commentary, or actually talkback commentary? Yes, yes. When so, your story first got told public. Yes, correct. Um, I think it was a couple of a couple of weeks after I initially told my parents. I was feeling really confident in being a father myself, and being the dad that I was, I was listening to news talk ZB. I think, um, and the topic came about was how you have changed being a father. So of hearing all of these awesome dads calling up and saying their story. So I decided to do the same. So I pulled over in my car and gave the, gave the MC a call and told him my story, how I was head boy at my college and also a father to a little girl. And then it went to an air break and that was, a, that was really surreal for me. My first time ever speaking on any media platform like that and especially live. So I went to that advertisement I was, I was driving I was like whoa that was cool I got a bit of a buzz out of that and it went back into the radio segment and the topic changed through how you've changed through being a father to should this Noah guy be head boy or not so then I was driving listening to all of these randoms and complete strangers calling up and talking about my life and saying that I had ruined not just my own life but also my daughter's because I've had my baby at a young age and that was really, really tough because obviously I wasn't expecting that and it just opened me up to so much judgment and really opened my eyes up to understand this is a really big problem in New Zealand 
that people are speaking so harshly on young parents because this doesn't just affect the parent, it also affects their kid if they don't have the confidence to pursue entrepreneurship or their career progression or just pick up other things. What else is more subtle? Talk back is talk back. Mm-hmm. Um, and often you'll hear a certain perspective because of because of that. Mm. It's kind of self-selecting. Mm-hmm. Um, you might get a range of views, you might not. But what's been the more subtle experiences you've had in different environments where someone might not have overtly come out and said something but you just feel someone's making a call yeah and either it hurts or you think actually you've got that completely wrong yeah yeah um i think i there's been many examples i think the main one is just going to a public setting with your kid if that's shopping or taking her to the park and you know that feeling when you know people are watching you that's what you can feel. You can feel the eyes. You can and feel... you know what's going on behind the eyes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's always been really, really tough to deal with. Um, I haven't necessarily had people come up to me and say, hey, what are you doing? But I do have friends and other dads and mums who yeah. have had that happen to them. Yeah. Your experience as she's gone through these three years, what are some of the memories that, are just, that have just blown your mind, the firsts? I think just seeing her advance and her communication and how she talks and holds herself as a little person has been really, really cool from my own perspective. And also seeing her grow up with my little baby brother because they're two days apart. So it's awesome to have them being able to hang out together, get up to mischief. Um, She's just such an awesome, awesome little girl that's full and confident and wants to try new things. What is it that younger parents do need? All parents need actually but younger parents in particularly need and, and, and I'm wondering if you had on it before it's a time where normally you are free to be thinking just about you mm-hmm. and what you're going to do with your life mm-hmm. and is there a risk sometimes because of this challenge in your life and, and this commitment in your life at that age you actually might make some decisions that aren't best for the long term mm-hmm. is, is that where people really need some support and encouragement I think in in terms of young parents in particular, something that I've really struggled with is some sort of wraparound support. And because you don't don't really hear many stories around other young fathers or young mums doing some really, really cool things and saying, hey, they can actually make it and do good stuff. So I think a big part for me would be having some sort of network of, of young dads or young mums where we're all relatively young and going through the same stuff and battling the same stereotype. There's that great school, isn't there, um, where the young mums are often going and finishing their school education yes. together. And yes. there's, there's, there's a site on, on care, care on site rather, to allow them to do that. Mm. But it is an attitude thing as well, isn't it? It's not about limiting what someone can do mm. uh, because they're raising a baby at a young age. Did you find yourself questioning that, though, because you had plans for uni, I think, and even enrolled? Yeah. Um, and, and what happened then? So I was all enrolled to go to university, um, post post college obviously and I found that a lot of my friends were going to university just to fill out a blank canvas um, and just uh, get stuck into something because I weren't too sure what they actually wanted to pursue and that is all good and well but I was feeling a little bit different as I had a little human to look after as well my little Kyla and I was just thinking different possibilities because it's a massive massive decision for any 18 year old to invest tens of thousands of yeah. dollars into tertiary study especially if they're unsure of what they actually want to do for the rest of their life 
So I was all enrolled to do a marketing and communications degree at Massey University. And about three weeks out to the initial starting date, I canceled the application and was kind of like, cool, I'm going to try and get some practical work, some practical experience, um, just so one, I can I can supply money for my family and also learn stuff a bit more practically too. So this has got you into the social enterprise place, as we said, you do some work with Inspiring Stories, and you've also got your own social enterprise. Yes, yes. Um, so I do work at Inspiring Stories, so that's a nationwide charitable trust, and we work and operate to see every young New Zealander unleash their potential to change the world. Pretty big, bold statement, but we do that through a whole vast range of different programs. Um, and one of the programs that they do run is a big event called Festival for the Future, which I attended in my last year as head boy. And that really opened up my eyes to social entrepreneurship and how much good can happen through business. And from then, um, I started up my own social enterprise called Increase Clothing, where we collaborate with local New Zealand artists and put their beautiful artwork onto our T-shirts. And from then, sell that and give 100% of our profits to fund young parents to attend different leadership development opportunities. So... Um, last year we sent three young mums from a team parent unit up in Auckland to Festival for the Future, which was really cool, and also sent a young mother to a 21-day Outward Bound course. Brilliant. Mm. And even being able to see those examples is encouraging to someone, isn't it? You know, it's what, what I keep coming back to is that you've obviously got a lot of um, family support, and um, you and um, Kyla's mum obviously are sharing the care, as we said. Yep. But both both of you have got that family support around you, and it, you, you must have on your mind someone who really doesn't. You know, definitely. It's that's you must look at that now and think, wow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's. It is really, really tough, um, and I guess I'm just really lucky in some ways to to have a family with so much awesome wraparound support, and I know that a lot more young mums and young dads out there don't have that, so their pathway is so much more complex than their minors. However, the same thing gets in the way, doesn't it? The same self-talk or the sense of other people's... It's not so much, it's not so much the judgments. It just you internalise it as, oh, well, that's the way it is for me. Yeah. And so a lot of what you're doing with young people is showing, no, actually, you could be doing this or you could be doing that. And, exactly. And other people are. And just leaving that as a possibility. Mm, for sure. Changing the story in the head. For sure. Um, I strongly believe that age doesn't determine if you're going to be a good parent, but being a good parent determines if you're going to be a good parent. And I think that's the same in any other situation, the same in leadership. You can be whatever age to be a leader um, and X, Y, Z too. Good to talk. Thank you, uh, Noah Wolf. And don't forget, you can hear all our parenting segments. You can subscribe to them on the series and podcast page on RNZ. It's called It Takes a Village. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.